This week on Erotic Awakening, Kink Magic. Welcome to Erotic Awakening with Dan and Dawn, a weekly view of all things erotic. From BDSM to erotic spirituality, from swinging as a lifestyle to simply fun kink, each week we bring you a diverse offering of erotic and alternative lifestyles in its many forms. This podcast includes frank discussions of highly sexual topics. This podcast is intended for consenting adults over the age of 18. If you are offended by this type of content, we recommend you stop listening right now. Hi, Dawn. Hi, Dan. Did you know that ever since we've moved to this new studio, I still haven't got the electronics aspect of this thing set up to my happiness? I know. So I see you keep fiddling with it, and it's just not turning out right. I think the microphone and the mixer need to be on the bed. I think that the energy of actually being on the bed would be useful. Can we try that? You already did earlier. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) We'll talk more about that later. (laughs) But we got to talk about this week's show. This week's show, we are doing kink magic. Mm -hmm. Sex magic beyond vanilla. Mm -hmm. With uh, Taylor Elwood and Lupa. And they were very courteous, even though it was a number of years ago they remembered that we actually contributed something to that book. Mm-hmm. We did. So Taylor, oh God, we met him years ago, and he started writing this book and asked us to do a contribution to it. So that we did. And it's always nice when people remember you. Yes. <laughs> but before we get into that, how was your holidays? Holidays were really good. Get so everything you wanted? I got everything I wanted, and that most of that was spending time with my kids and you. I was not... Oh, thank you. It's very sweet. <laughs> I almost feel bad about mentioning that, that the, the snuggly you got is really designed for anal sex. It is, and I'm wearing it right now. So it's nice and red and... <laughs> it, it keeps the front warm yes. and reveals the back. Exactly. So kind of like an O dress. You ever seen a picture of one of those? Yes, I have. <laughs> During our uh, Between Now and the last time we had a podcast, not only did we get through the holidays, mm-hmm. we also had another MS chat here in central Ohio. Had some people that identify as power exchange relationship couples come to the apartment and we chatted about topics and stuff. Yep, they made it through the snow, which we had a little bit of, So and uh, came out and joined us and we had a great time. Awesome topics. Yep, and it was, it was really neat to see the conversation flow in such a way that time ended and everybody got up and got their jackets and slowly moved towards the door, but we're still standing in a circle <laughs> getting in that last, oh, wait, i got to tell you about this. Oh, don't forget about that. Exactly. You know, I had some people write me today and said two hours was just not enough. So, but it is what it is. It is what it is, but we will keep trying to put those together. We're going to keep going once a month mm-hmm. with these gatherings. But right now, we need to think about what we've got coming up. Mm, The year is starting. So 2010 is almost here, and I know I'm excited about it. So January 9th is the first event that we'll be presenting at. Mm -hmm. That would be at Burger Munch in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So it's going to be great. Yep, looking forward to that. And and you have a couple other workshops coming up in January, don't you? I do. So I am doing some workshops here in Columbus, and um, I've had a good response so far. So I'm going to do Kundalini Awakening and Sigil Magic, which uh, Taylor and Lupa actually go into a little bit in their interview. 
Very cool. Now, when you say you're going to do a workshop on sigil magic, is that going to help my sex life? <laughs> it could. <laughs> it depends how you use it. Okay. <laughs> did I happen to mention to you that I had hot chocolate with one of our listeners? You did. You I did. I was very fortunate to be joined by a local listener mm-hmm. named Angie. And we sat and we talked about the show. Mm-hmm. And I was quite... Um, I was quite flabbergasted, actually, that she, not only does she listen to the show, she mm-hmm. remembers it. She remembers the early podcast and the later oh, really? podcast and the different guests we have on. And um, I was just sitting down a little bit ago wondering, trying to remember who all we'd interviewed. So her memory is a little better than mine. <laughs> I, I, as a matter of fact, I think we're going to bring her on to the staff of the podcast <laughs> so that when we say, hey, hey, we're going to, uh, we're thinking about interviewing Lee Harrington. She can say, yeah, you did that already. <laughs> In show, two parts. <laughs> yes. Show 12 and 13. Yes. No, we do plan on talking to Lee Harrington again. <laughs> I'd love to have the opportunity to talk to Lee again. Yes. But one of the things I would like to do, and Angie had some wonderful questions, so mm-hmm. I'm, I, we are going to actually bring her in studio. Okay. And have us do one of those question and answer shows that we did once before. Nice. And she had some questions for me, and I said, well, that's great, that's great. Stop asking these now. Let's ask them on the air so we can share them with everyone. And she seemed... Okay with that idea. Okay, so maybe we can get her in. So, my only problem is, is you think faster than I do. <laughs> so it takes me. I need a little longer on the ding bell <laughs> before my time's up. <laughs> if you would like to have hot chocolate with Dan and Don, mm-hmm. there's a number of ways you can get a hold of us. There is. So you could use our email at eroticawakening at bluecatservices.org. There's also a contact form on the website at bluecatservices.org. Good old voicemail, 206-309-0054, and you'll find that voicemail number in our show notes. Nice. And we can be found on FetLife under the group Erotic Awakening. And on Twitter is Dan and Dawn. So today we are talking about sex magic, is that right? Well, more kink magic than sex magic. It's about using BDSM in magic, not necessarily sex. Do you, so when you say magic, do you mean like Harry Potter with wands and incantations? <laughs> well, well, there's and wands used. Not necessarily, <laughs> but not a violet wand. No, or, a, or a lingam. Or a lingam. <laughs> but um, you mean like magic wands. Um Probably not, but I would think that could be a piece of it if someone wanted to. But you've done kink magic. I've done kink magic. No, I did not use a wand. Okay. <laughs> so what does it? What does magic mean? Are we talking about the Harry Potter stuff? Are we talking about turning into different animals? Or well, is it something else? Wow. It pretty much runs the gamut. I mean, some people believe in shape-shifting. So if you want to shape-shift into something... You could do that to help build your magic. Are we doing animal sacrifices? No. (laughs) Well, that's a good thing to point out. For myself, when I think about kink magic, I think about channeling. I Mm -hmm. think for myself, maybe more of a Jungian sort of letting Mm -hmm. out those inner archetypes sort of thing. Now, as it happens, when you and I, the particular style of play that you and I do is very much a channeling for me of this alter ego which we call thing right 
And Thing is mm-hmm. not so constrained as Than. And Thing mm-hmm. is not quite the gentleman Than is. Absolutely not. <laughs> and it's more clawing and biting. Yes. Right? And because I take certain steps to release that aspect, mm-hmm. the steps are in what I can... Now, this is just for me. And right. Taylor and Looper are going to have a different view on this, perhaps. But for my, myself... The certain steps that I take to put myself in the mind frame to release that inner archetype is the ritual. It is the casting of what is the magic. And what is magic is other than it is simply changing your world or yourself Mm -hmm. or your view by force of will. Force of will or Mm -hmm. via a prescribed set of steps exactly so for me i break it down because i'm a little um scared of the whole magic mm-hmm. and the woo woo stuff and so i kind of break it down a little bit into more of a how can i chop this into bits that i understand right and by taking certain steps which i will call a ritual i do this i do mm-hmm. that i do that i reserve i end up with certain results right so, and, you know, even the other stuff that we've done, some of the steps, I mean, you've got thing and you've got steps on how you release thing. And um, we did a ritual for me a couple of weekends ago, and it was about um, designing ritual. And it, I still consider that BDSM magic because we used a BDSM atmosphere. We used um, needles. We used pain to bring about the change that um, I was hoping for. Um, and we've done this with someone else as well. We used pain. We used bondage. We used, you know, all of that stuff to build the energy that was needed to create the change that was wanted. Yep. It is uh, altered states of consciousness. Yes. It is creating a, a gnosis. Yes. And gnosis is? Gnosis is, um, it's, some people consider it a trance level. It is a shift in Viewing, perception, perception. And consciousness and by taking certain steps we create these states of gnosis mm-hmm. that allows us to do things that we can't normally do in our day-to-day life exactly this is for me a good definition of what magic is now if you were to ask me straight up dan you talk about thing like he's a separate entity from yourself is he truly a separate entity that you are channeling then i'm going to look you in the eye and very clearly say i don't know exactly nor do I need to know. What I do know is that I reach states mm-hmm. and this happens. And it seems to be beneficial. Right. And it seems to be fun. And it seems to be something I am called to do. Mm-hmm. And it seems to be enjoyable. You know, I mean, I've never had it calls. You know, it's not like I'm going to end up saying, oh, why did you unsafely tie that woman up and <laughs> cut her hair off. I'm not going to say, oh, thing made me do it. Or, right. You know, the dog made me do it. Right. right? We're not talking about that kind of uh, a shift in consciousness, but we are talking about a shift. Absolutely. And a lot of what we talk about in Tantra, in raising Kundalini energy, mm-hmm. just reach those altered states. Now, in Tantra, and I remember you and I took a class Mm-hmm. many years ago with uh, some people not far from here. They didn't right. like the term magic. They didn't like the terminology of sex magic. They didn't at all because sex magic, um, the way it is perceived and the way I perceive it as well, 
is that energy is sent towards a purpose. Mm-hmm. And when I talked with these other people, when we took the class with them, they didn't want that energy sent out for a purpose. They just wanted it released. Right. So, and see, and to me, there's still a purpose there because we're releasing it to heal the world. Mm-hmm. There's still some purpose for this energy that's being built. So, and to me, that's magic. It's all terminology. Absolutely. When we run the Scarlet Sanctuary, which we'll be doing again in February, mm-hmm. we'll be creating a lot of energy. Yes. And you take all that, and regardless of what kind of energy you perceive it as, you know, and, and how we use the word energy, and we can get tricky with terminology, mm-hmm. but we're creating a lot of sensual and sexual energy. Yes. And we take this sexual and sensual energy and empower and release and hopefully mm-hmm. do some good. Absolutely. So, and even if um, not so sensual energy is brought in, some people have a little bit of baggage. Mm-hmm. And if we've released that, we actually ask for it to be transferred into a more powerful healing energy and we use it and release it and everybody benefits. And you can certainly do sex magic mm-hmm. or kink magic at a variety of levels, either very little level right. or very big levels. Yes. And we've been very fortunate to be interacting with some people that have shown us little levels. And Mm -hmm. we've been to events and festivals where we have big levels, Mm -hmm. where we have 40 people in a room doing a thing together. Right. And it can be very, well, it's it's very delightful, but it can be very overwhelming, too. At least I felt a little overwhelmed. Sometimes, yeah, it can be. You know, it depends the level of the energy that's being raised you know if you've got 40 people chanting it doesn't even have to be sex magic but think of the chanting you know for some people just think of singing together in a group just think of the energy that's built with that Mm -hmm. that's what you can do with bdsm that's what you can do with sex magic so fortunately for us there's people like Taylor Elwood and mm-hmm. Rupa. And one of the things that I really enjoy about our talk with them is they don't just talk about what they've read. They talk about what they've experienced. Oh, absolutely. And one of the things that I like about Taylor is once we met him years ago, I started paying attention to his live journal. Mm-hmm. And he was going through. He's like, okay, now I'm going to try this. And he would describe what he was going to try. And he would describe the results. And then he would go on to the next thing. And it was just... You know, he he really, they both, they really work with this stuff. And one other thing before we get to their interview, and I, I bet you've forgotten about this. Uh-oh. But if here in our studio, if you look over there to the right, you'll see my little mojo bag. Yes. And who made that for oh, me? Oh, yeah. Lupa. That Lupa made that for you. Many years ago. Yes. So very cool. So let's go ahead and hear what Taylor and Lupa have to say about kink magic, sex beyond vanilla. <laughs> Sitting here today with Taylor and Lupa, authors of Kink Magic, as well as many other books, and people that do many other exciting things. It's a joy to have you guys on. Great to talk to you. Thank you. Good to be here. Dawn and I first met Taylor many, many years ago, back when we were just young. Yeah, I think that was the place we actually presented at, was Aon. Yep, one of the very first places. I don't know if you remember Taylor, but there's a... A, uh, an event in French Lake, Indiana. And uh, yeah. I believe you did some kind of very powerful spiritual presentation, and Don and I did spanking. 
Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I remember meeting you guys there, and we ran into each other a number of times after that while I was still out in the area. Sure, sure have. So what I want to talk to you guys today, though, is specifically more along the lines of uh, a book, Taylor, that you were involved in some time ago called Kink Magic. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. It wasn't called it was Kink Magic. Yeah, it was Kink Magic, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So can you tell us how... Um, you decided to put that together, uh, you know, what was your muse for that, and what did you come up with when you put that together? Well, basically, um give you a little background, Taylor and I met uh, about, I guess, four and a half years ago, and we we knew each other online for a couple months, for a few months first, and then we met in person, and we hit it off famously. And um, I'm sure a lot of your listeners are probably familiar with the concept of NRE, new relationship energy, where uh, you, know, you meet a shiny new person and everything just goes, you know, bang. And uh, hopefully not literally. Um, but um, anyway. Uh, there can so be we, some banging as a Well, yes. <laughs> this is true. This is true. So we... Um, you know, we hit it off famously, and, of course, being two wonderfully kinky people, we found all kinds of different ways to, you know, fool with each other's bodies and minds and so forth. And also being um, practicing magicians, we, and, and very experimental at that, we decided, okay, kink is fun, magic is fun, let's see what happens if we put them together. So... The material in kink magic, while it's based uh, to an extent just in our respective experiences as magicians, particularly uh, chaos magic and things of that nature, the experiments themselves, a lot of the practices, basically came out of the um, about the first six-month period of our relationship where we took all that NRE and put it to good use. So, you know, we we like to say that we, we didn't write the book as, you know, kinky people who happen to, you know, practice magic. We we wrote it as magicians, experimental magicians, who happened to be kinky and decided to uh, experiment with that and see what happened. And it, it turned out being a really good experiment for the most part, and uh, we learned some interesting things about each other and ourselves. And also developed some neat new uh, practices uh, as far as um, esoteric kinkiness goes that uh, we really enjoyed. I would add. I was going to add to that. I was just going to say that that what I would really add to that for us was that it came, that it it really came together at the right time and place for us because both had a very experimental our, our spirituality. And so it was something where we were able to bounce a lot of ideas off of each other and r- really try them out. And it was, it, it was for me, it was such a novel experience because here I'd found somebody who I could really ex- play with uh, in that way. And that's, you know, up until then, I really hadn't had someone who I could do that as, as much with. So it was a very fun experience in and of itself for that. But it was also nice because I had found someone who was very like-minded when it came to the experimenting and 
the willingness to try new ideas out, even if they weren't very tested at the time. So let me let me break there for a moment. A lot of our listeners are tantrikas and kadishtu and sacred sexuality practitioners, and a lot of them are into more of a leather BDSM and uh, culture, and some of them just like blowjobs. <laughs> so start off by what what is this magic you're talking about? What is magic? And then and again, I don't, we don't need the uh, the four volume life of Alistair Crawley, perhaps, <laughs> but at least some understanding of what is magic when you what you're referring to when you talk about kink magic. Well, well when I when I think about magic, I tend to think of, I, I don't even really define magic in terms of Alistair Crowley, who you know notoriety aside, was just one among many uh, magicians. Uh, you know, I define magic as a it's, a, it's a spiritual force. It's a system that allows you to connect with other people and with the elements of the world around you. And it's it's a set of practical techniques that helps you to work with that, work with that spiritual force, work with those other people, those elements, and you know, make ideally it helps you. It, it helps you improve upon yourself and become a a better person. And so obviously, not everyone uses it for that, but that's that's kind of the the approach that Lupa and I go for. Anything you want to add to that? Uh no, that pretty much sums it up for me pretty well. Now, one of the things you were talking about in the book is that there's the difference between theoretical application and experiential application. That this is that what you've written about in Kink Magic is stuff that you've done, or stuff you've experienced. Is that right? That's mm-hmm. theory. Yeah, basically we um both of us as as writers on um you know spiritual and magical topics, uh we we really like to, to show that we've you know, we put our money where our mouth is. And in this case, a few other things where our mouth is. Um, but uh, we basically prefer to give our readers ideas of things that they can play with and show them, okay, this is what we did. This is how we use these ideas. You know, this isn't wholly writ, but it's to get you started. And, you know, go play, experiment, do, you know, take this and, and twist it to whatever particular shape you want it to be in. Uh, so our, our books are usually a mix of some theory, some background, um, in-text citations, because we're just, you know, sticklers for research. But then we also, you know, give a pretty decent number of uh, anecdotes and um, some basic guidelines for, you know, how to take the how to take the material and use it yourself, but without being dogmatic about it. So, yeah, it, it is very practical and experiential as opposed to primarily theoretical. So, And one of the other things I liked about the book was that you had um, other people write in with their experiences as well. So I know I'm Yeah, as a matter of fact, we had... Yeah. Uh, as a matter of fact, we had uh, both of you, I believe, write in, which was, uh, which was pretty neat. Um, yeah, well, I, I mean, I think that you know, my thoughts on it was pretty much that, you know, we can, we can present our, our perspective, but there are going to be other people who have their own, you know, experiences and and perspectives on the subject. And we wanted to be a bit more inclusive of that. 
there's uh you, you know there there aren't too many books on kink and sex magic there's there's a lot of books on sex magic and there's you know occasionally you'll find a couple sections on kink you know kind of thrown in there but there's not really a lot of stuff focused exclusively on that so you know we wanted to also give voice to some other people and see what they had to say uh, about kink and uh sex magic as well and 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 where it intersected in their lives well, let's get down to get down to brass tacks, as they say. Can you give, guys give me an example of something you've done that you consider kink magic versus just kinky? Hmm. Gosh, we have to pick just one. <laughs> no, okay. No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> so you just want you, you want us to talk about a particular anecdote, huh? Sure, that'd yeah. be great. Awesome. Boy, this could get the. Uh, this could get interesting talking on air. Okay. Um, well, well, for prosperity's sake, this is a, a sex-positive uh, oh, yeah. podcast, and fuck, slut, cunt, or <laughs> our common topic, and words we use. So don't feel like you have to uh, edit yeah. yourself at it. <laughs> I'm not worried. I'm not worried. I'm just giving myself a moment to pick out which one, uh, you know, will be an interesting thing. Um Okay, so first of all, a little a little more background. Taylor and I both switch, and uh, which makes um, which kind of added to our experience with kink magic, just because it gave us both a chance to um, sort of take both sides of things. Uh, when we do kink magic, uh, there there are not not specific roles involved with you know, the magic, like you have top bottom or dom sub. Uh, and that's somewhat, that somewhat flavors what you're going to do in, in, in a kink magic ritual just because of the, the power dynamic. Uh, but we don't really see them as, as set in stone. Um, we, we both believe, for example, that you can, you know, some people like to assign a specific polarity to sex magic, either male, female, or uh, otherwise. And we don't really see that as being uh, particularly, again, we don't see it set in stone. You know, we, for one thing, we wrote, even though, you know, Taylor is biologically male and I'm biologically female, we did not write kink magic from a heterocentric perspective. Uh, but anyway, what I'm what I'm getting at is that we kind of see it as active and passive principle, uh, whereas as opposed to male and female, et cetera. And you can actually have uh, two active principles, two active acting magicians uh, in a kink magic ritual. You know, both the, both the um, top and the bottom can be, uh, you know, active practitioners of magic as opposed to, you know, the, the top only acting upon the bottom uh, for the purposes of magic. Uh, one, what, as, as far as an anecdote goes, now to give me a little bit of background, um, there was one particular, Taylor and I like to do a lot of psychological uh, elements to our, to our kink magic, a lot of mind fuck. And there was one particular time when there was a there was an issue he wanted to to deal with. I, I forget exactly what it was, but it was 
basically one of his own personal demons, something he'd been struggling with for a good long while. And so I took him and I, I bound him a particular way. And then I basically called forth that uh, inner demon and had him personify it. And through the, through the ritual uh, of the bondage and the application of pain, I basically brought forth that demon and spoke with it and, you know, basically asked it why it was still in his life. And then we banished it. It actually, t- it took both of us to banish it because when, when we're talking about, you know, something that's internal to you, you have to put forth some effort in uh, getting rid of it, like any kind of a bad habit. Nobody can get rid of a bad habit for you, but you can get some support along the way. So that's one very quick and brief and abridged uh, anecdote that gives you a little bit of an idea of the kind of thing that we do with um, kink and magic. Taylor, did you have anything you wanted to add? Well, I have another anecdote I'll I'll give. Um, this is a this is one that's less psychological, but it's it's more of a, a practical application. Um, so, uh, one of the entities that I've created is called Spedlimped, which is uh, basically I remove the one of the E's and the I's out of speed limit. I had uh, found that I had had some trouble with some some uh, cops. And so it was a really, uh, you know, when I was driving, and some of that was just, you know, a little too much speeding. So, you know, Spedlund became very handy for that kind of, of, of thing. And one of the things that I thought would be interesting after I created that entity was uh, if I tried to create an entity using um, sex magic, kink magic. And so one of the thing one of the entities that we create that uh Lupa and I created is uh called a Sigilonodon. And um it's basically a, a lizard like entity that you put a sigil on and it goes and it fulfills the particular goal of that sigil and once it's done that it, it creates two more of it so that then you well how we created it was we used kink magic. So what I did is I uh, I tied her up. We got her all. We got the cuffs on so that she couldn't really move too much. And I used a mind machine, which is a uh, device where it it takes sound and it translates it into visual stimuli. Um, basically strobe strobe lights. So turn she had to keep her eyes closed. So I put that on her. So she's so imagine if you will, she's on this bed. She's bound down and she's got this mind machine on at the same time and then I started spanking her and also then and then later on went down on her so basically trying to overstimulate her as part of this process of creating this entity and having her focus all of that stimulation all that feeling on creating this entity that we could then work with and use and using that entity has been very helpful both of us, we've used it for a number of different situations, but it was that act of uh, kink magic to create this entity was pretty powerful and it was a lot of fun. Wow, that is that's pretty heavy duty. <laughs> <laughs> well, we never do anything halfway, so. So, um, one of the thing, one of the questions I have is um, pretty much some basic 
magic questions because a lot of our audience isn't going to understand this. Mm-hmm. But um, I want to give them some basic knowledge of um, just some things to watch out for. So what you're talking about, would people need to have a basic understanding of magic, what it is, grounding, centering, clearing, all that basic hygiene stuff? Or is it something they can just jump into? <sighs> well, the thing is, um, I mean, first of all, when we're talking magic, there are 80 billion at least ways to um, you know, interpret what that is and practice it and so forth. What we were coming from a lot at the time and which could probably give people who had not done uh, any kind of magical practice prior to looking at our book, uh, we worked a lot from the paradigm of uh, chaos magic, which is basically a pretty heavily psychological model, uh, very pragmatic, very streamlined, um, draws on uh, chaos theory, uh, physics actually. And it's basically the concept that uh, Taylor, what's a good um, brief Cliff Notes version of what chaos magic is? Uh, well, uh, chaos magic is a system uh, that is basically a buffet-style approach to magic. It's drawing on a variety. It, it basically says we're going to take different religious paradigms, different practices, and we'll put them together and we'll use whatever happens to work. That's a, a quick and quick and dirty definition. <laughs> okay, but how does it work? Oh, how does it work? Well, um, I mean, we're, we're basically trying to – Taylor and I aren't used to explaining magic to people who aren't magical practitioners. Um, we tend to uh, – we, we tend to work more with intermediate to advanced material, so we don't really do a lot of basic stuff, so we're having to try to – so how well well let me let me just say how how does how does magic really work okay let's let's put it this way there's explanations for how it works um you, you know my, one of my favorite ones is that people's belief is its own form of power and the belief in magic and the belief in what you're doing is what makes it work uh, you know, I think that, that when it comes right down to it, there there are so many different ways to explain how it could work. You know, you can resort to science, you can resort to different different paradigms, but I, I think the simplest explanation really comes down to the belief and attention, attention and intention that people focus on, uh, you know, that they apply to the different rituals that they're doing. And so let's let's apply it in the context of kink for somebody who is never who's never practiced magic. So you're going and you're getting ready to create a scene with somebody. Now the scene, you're going to be building up a a space with this person. And this space is to be sacred space. And what I mean by sacred space is it's not everyday space. You're assuming an identity. So for example, someone's going to become a top there is a mindset that's involved in becoming that top and someone's going to be a bottom and there's a mindset that that person is going to fall into and that create that helps create that space 
And so it's the same with magic. When we go to do magic, there is a, a mind space, a, a kind of a, a way of thinking, a perspective that a person adopts, and that helps to set up sacred space, which is different from everyday reality, from grocery shopping, from dealing with a screaming kid and all that other stuff, or going to work. You know, that stuff all goes to the side, and instead we get really focused on manifesting a particular desire or wish that we want to bring into reality. And, and it's the same with kink. So we're in kink, you know, we've got this sacred space. Now the top, he or she takes up one of the tools. She takes up a, a, you know, a flogger or something else. That flogger, in, in a sense, acts as a ritual tool. Now she's going to use it on that person, and she's using it on that person to get a deliberate effect. And it's the same with magic. We use the tools, we use the practices to get a, to, produce a deliberate effect on reality. So I don't know if that explains it a bit better in the context, but that's kind of my own way of explaining it. What about you, Lupa? Uh Yeah, that actually, uh, nice save, by the way. Um, <laughs> uh, what I would add to that is the goal of magic is to create change on more, more than just the personal level. Uh, it's more in, for for a lot of people. It's more than just the psychological. It's actually creating change in the world around you through unusual means. Um, for example, if you you know, there's a lot of energy raised in during a scene, uh, and it's you know you can t- part of the part of the goal of kink magic is to take all that energy that gets raised and put it towards a, a specific goal other than you know whatever the goal of the scene itself is. So. Let's say, for example, that, uh, you know, one partner or the other is, um, you know, has a job interview coming up and is maybe nervous about it. The, you know, the the scene, the, the energy from that scene could be tweaked so that it's pushed towards the probability of, you know, that particular partner getting the job that they wanted, uh, just as an example. So if that, I hope that makes a little more sense as to the difference between, you know, magic and just the, you know, the, the usual sacred safe space of, you know, a non-magical scene. Oh, absolutely. That's, and that's a fantastic answer. And the idea of using a flogger and a paddle the same way someone else might use an apogee. Affirmate. Thank you. Affirmate. So you tell who's, who's a magician in my household and affirmate and, and other tools like that uh, to create a whatever it is you're trying to create. It makes a lot of sense to me. Now, mm-hmm. if you don't mind, let me ask you guys one more question. A lot of people approach Tantra and Taoism and sacred sexuality not so much because they're interested in ancient practices, but because they want to have better sex. They want to last longer. They want to connect deeper. They want just to be better lovers. And I use kink magic as a way to become simply a better lover. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I think that there's something to be said for all of that. The one thing that I would say really to anyone who gets into Tantra or Taoism to become a better lover is, hey, great goal. 
I think it's important to also maybe spend some time learning a little bit more about the cultural background and learning a little bit more about the other practices and kind of coming to understand how they all work, especially because with both Tantra and Taoism, there is a lot of, um, there's a lot of changes that you're actually bringing to your body when you engage in those works. Um, you know, so how you breathe, for example, is going to change and how that affects your physiology is going to change so that, yes, you can become a better lover, but there may be some other things that you should pay attention to as well so that not so that you're not just a better lover, but you have better health overall. And so, so I kind of say it the same thing with, with, with kink magic is that kink magic can cer- certain, certainly some aspects that can be applied toward becoming a better lover. But the one thing that I would really caution people on with with that is that, you know, the work that we kind of did in that book and that we were talking about in that book is very much about applying spirituality to your sexuality in a way that involves, for example, doing some psychological work on, on working with your partner. So I would say that, you know, for somebody who's just maybe thinking about that maybe they're just thinking about applying it with just any partner that they should really do some serious thinking about that and make sure they get to know the person really well and Lupa also wants to weigh in on this though yeah um the other thing I wanted to add is that well one of the things I wanted to add is that there's the misconception that a lot of people uh have especially especially in the west about you know tantra and, and Taoism and you know, any of the, you know, stuff like Montauk Chia and things of that nature where, you know, it's talking about things like male sexual longevity, et cetera. The thing with these practices, it, with with Tantra, for example, the sex, the sex aspect is just one part of Tantra. There's a lot to it that has absolutely nothing to do with, you know, boinking. So, yeah, I know, technical term. Um, But the thing, you know, unfortunately a lot of people in the West have a very immature uh, approach to to sexuality in general. And so when they see anything involving, ooh, sex, uh, that's all they ever focus on. And unfortunately with the popularization of Tantra and other Eastern practices that in, that include but are not limited to a sexual component we latch on to the whole you know sexual thing i mean look at how much the the kama sutra has gotten you know worked into our our pop culture references over over the years so that's that's kind of the first thing i want to say is that if you're interested in tantra understand that there's a lot to to, to proper tantra that really doesn't have anything to do with the sex so if you really want to get the full effect of it yeah, you can, you know, look for sources that don't only focus on the sex and sexuality. You know, as as Taylor said, do research on the on the culture that these practices, you know, each of the practices come out of. Look at these, you know, the surrounding goal because for the original, you know, Hindu tantrikas, the goal wasn't just, you know, oh, I'm going to be a a you know, better lover who can go longer, faster, harder, et cetera, there's a, it's, it, that's sort of the means to an end. The other thing I wanted to add with kink magic is 
you can't approach it as a specific system. Uh, you know, it's, it's not, there's not a specific kink magic way to cast a circle or there's not a specific set of kink magic tools. Um, it's, it's not a set system in the way that some other, you know, magical systems are. What kink magic really was for us when we were writing, when we were, when we were developing stuff and then later on writing the book was it is a particular attitude and approach toward the combination of BDSM and fetish and magical practice. So while we came at it from a, you know, at the time a, a chaos and experimental magical perspective and from a fairly, uh, at the time, fairly uninvolved with the kink scene at large and very, very switchy and not particularly interested in, you know, a, a you know, more intense 24-7, you know, perspective from a kink perspective, uh, that doesn't mean that to be a practitioner of kink magic that you have to bone up on uh, chaos magic, excuse my pun, and, um, you know, that you have to be switchy and that you, you know, have to do things the way that we do. What we want to impart is a sense of curiosity and experimentation with taking whatever your kink happens to be and applying it to the practice of magic. As I said, we came at this as, ma as magical practitioners who wanted to use kink for the purposes of magic. So that's where a lot of our emphasis is. Does that make sense? Makes sense to me. So now, yeah. Um, yeah. Before, <laughs> before we wrap up, I do want to make the comment that um, I've enjoyed um, I know I used to be on Taylor's live journal way back when, and I think, Lupa, I had some contact with you too. What I enjoyed was seeing that you guys were not armchair theorists, that you actually went out there and, and experimented with this stuff, and sometimes over and over again to make sure that, you know, results were the same or not the same per se, but that there were results. And so I just like that whole process that you guys do when it comes to magic like this? Well, thank you. That, that is something mm -hmm. that we both feel is really important. Um, one thing I wanted to add to what Lupa said was that with King's Magic and really with all of our books, we've, we've written them as a way to be descriptive but not prescriptive. And what I mean by that is that, you know, we'll describe what we've done but we also don't try and set any hard and fast rules for how other people should take what we've written about and apply it to themselves. Our our hope really is that people will be very curious and open-minded and say, yeah, these guys had some really good ideas and we want to we want to take what they've done and and uh, apply it to our own practices and also improve on it for ourselves because you know, the one the one thing that I realize is that is that there's really no such thing as one tried and true way of doing magic. For every person out there who practices magic, you know, they're gonna they're gonna have their own individual works and ways of doing things and I think that has to be respected and that's that's really the spirit that Kink Magic was written in and also with the spirit of recognizing that you know, everybody we've ever met who's into Kink has 
you know, different kinks and fetishes and things that they enjoy and wanting to respect that as well. Very cool. Very cool. Um, okay, great, guys. I guess that's it. That's fantastic. I really appreciate the information. appreciate you guys coming on the show and sharing with us today. The, uh, the yeah, thank you for having us. Oh, our pleasure. This the book we were thank talking you. about today with Kink Magic, and you have that book and many other books out there. What's the easiest way to, for me to find out more information about Taylor and Lupa? Um, as far as finding us online? Yep, or finding out about your books or anything like that. Okay. Um, well, uh, we are our our main website for you know everything Taylor and Lupa is um, and uh, we do have a website specifically for the Kink Magic book as well as some other resources. Uh, that's just uh, kinkmagic.com. It's currently an archived site. We haven't done much. We really haven't updated it in a while, and it says so on there. That's primarily because right now um, Taylor's self-employed and trying to get his consultation business up and going, and... I'm exceptionally busy with grad school, so there's some things we've had to kind of temporarily back burner while we get through a, a very busy stage of our lives. But um, we do keep stuff pretty uh, pretty updated at the Green Wolf, and uh, we also have a number of blogs between the two of us. As was mentioned, we're both on Live Journal. Um, I'm uh, Lisa Bitch over there. And uh, Taylor is uh, Terriel, T-R-I-E-L. And those are kind of um, some of our main blogging sites. Taylor has a number of other resources through his uh, business website, imagineyourreality.com. And uh, the Green Wolf website has a contact form. So if, you know, people want to get in touch with us, you know, you can use that to contact us. And, you know, we like answering questions and, you know, talking shop and things of that nature. And uh, if you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, that's uh, where we are currently based out of, and we're always interested in meeting new folks. So, Taylor? Oh, I just wanted to add, we also uh, we also have two uh, blogs, uh, theriosshamanism.com, which is Lupa's blog, which is about her spiritual journey, and then magicalexperiments.com, which is about my ongoing magical journey. So, for people who are interested in that, you can go and check that out, and we're also on. Uh, we're also on. Uh, I'm on there as Terriel, and uh, Lupa, you're on there as Lupa, right? Yeah, just just Lupa. Okay, fantastic. Pet life is the new place for everything. It looks like, and uh, we'll keep an eye out on the other websites that you uh, provided. As a matter of fact, I'll get those out on our website as well, so people can have easy reference to those. Again, thanks again, guys. Fantastic information. Fantastic time talking to you guys. Um, I, I guess we got to go now. Dom's going to get a hold of my magic wand. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> Coming up next week Monogamy in a Kink World. Bye, Dom. Bye, Dan. Music heard on Erotic Awakening. Free by White Knight, Strawberry Jam by Jerry Bradley, and Wanda by 31D1 is provided from the Podshow Podsafe Network. More information can be found at music.podshow.com.